Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the True Man podcast, the podcast designed to create a self-defined generation of men. Today, I'm joined by James Bryant, the founder of The Mindful Gent. James, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Amazing. Well, this is a new year, new me, new podcast. Well, same podcast, yeah. I would love to get an understanding of what is the Mindful Gen and what is James Bryant? <laughs> uh, good question. Uh, so the mind, I created the Mindful Gen as I wanted to help other men who are maybe struggling with their emotional well-being, uh, with feelings of being stuck, helpless, alone, to be their true authentic self. Um, this is through one to one coaching, either with me as a qualified coach um, or um, group coaching. So uh, I also provide, um, and they can come along to one of our group coaching events or attending uh, one of our mindfulness events, um, which um, I can give you an example of. Um, that one of them one of which is um i uh i meet on a on a saturday or a sunday um i started just before uh christmas 2023 um to do mindfulness walks in the park for guys that don't know each other so they've never met um small groups between six and eight um come out get some fresh air and and have a chat really not necessarily about their feelings or what's going on but maybe just getting them out of the house and um i wanted to provide an alternative an alternative activity than going to the gym or um sport so it was a big pusher for me having mindfulness activities which i've got um on the website which i'm hoping to include things like um pottery and jewelry making which is a passion of mine because i love fashion etc um and things like you know just chatting to other men that, that that doesn't include sport or booze basically um i believe they have the power to change um your life like it did mine yeah, amazing. I like I like it. It's a nice angle. I think you're right. That is the current go-to strategy is sport, booze, gym. Like, and I one of the things that I sort of champion right now is that we are as men have a sort of we're in a perfect time frame where it's okay to do an infinite or a myriad of things that you you want to choose to do and whatever you decide to do and whatever you find gives you mindfulness or gives you an outlet is totally fine. It's just finding what that is and, and sort of going through that. So I, I, I really do like champion the, the sort of angle that you've gone with there. It's great. Um, explain how you got into that. How did you start doing this? Why, why the mindful gen started? Yeah, uh, so it started because I, um, just to give you a bit of background, I, um, I was at my corporate job 
I um, I was uh, I joined a global property uh, company when I was young twenties. Seems like a long time ago now. Um, and I thought I wanted to go down the corporate route. You know, wearing the suit, uh, earning them, earning some, you know, a fairly decent wage. Um, seeing myself as a bit more kind of, you know, a bit more, um, what's the word? A bit, taking myself a bit more seriously in, in the suit, going to the office every day, going to the meetings, meeting, you know, potential, you know, networking, meeting other guys, girls, um, always in a suit and always with work. Um, and I liked property. So it kind of got me in. It it, it was really good. Um, I trained for four years to get my um, uh, become, to become a member of the Royal Charleston Institute, the Royal Institute of Charleston Surveyors, uh, which was a great achievement for me, and I I really enjoyed that. Um, but it soon became apparent to me that actually this world that I was in wasn't for me. I it wasn't so much other people that I was meeting, but I found myself not being myself when I was in these situations, networking, you know, um, just being in the office. I wasn't being myself. And it brought back memories of not being myself at school and at university. And I kind of just, that was enough for me. I couldn't do it anymore. I wanted to be myself. I wanted to just be James or, or find out who that was. And through, um, actually, we, we ha I, I eventually um, got quite depressed in this thinking about not being myself, went to HR at work, um, and they helped, they put me in touch with uh, a coach. Um, and um, to kind of cut a long story short, I worked with my coach for about 18 months. And I think this is, it sounds a long time for me to actually move and to actually change my um, line of thought, but I was so institutionalized at work, I couldn't even imagine a different career, a different, I mean, getting out of a suit, that was crazy to me, crazy talk, like doing a different avenue of work, how was I gonna earn this money, I had a mortgage to pay, you know, it was, it was a huge um, leap for me and I just couldn't see it. So, Nikki, my coach, um, she got me to see a pathway and through, you know, um, the little that I understood about coaching then, which was quite a while ago. Um, and I left, um, and I left because one of the reasons was, um, she worked, Nikki worked for a company. My coach worked for a, a mental health platform, um, which provides, and they, they provide coaches, counselors, psychologists to employees. So you, as an employee, I was able to go to one of them for advice. And the founder um, of um, this wellbeing platform, shout out to Joel, good Joel, who's the founder of MindUp. Um, again, a long story short, I, um, I got friends with Joel. Um, he called me, 
he called me one day after a coaching session and he was like, James, how's it going? And I was in a really crap place, like really bad. Um, and um, I ended up working for Joel for two years. So I, I went from working from corporate world to a mental health platform um, and it changed my life. Yeah. It's, um, it's a nice, it's a nice story. It's a, a good way of getting into it as well. I think you mentioned the 18 months, which is quite a, an apt amount of time. Um, I'm, I'm probably about coming up to two years now, I think on my journey of self discovery and sort of mindfulness. Oh, no way. Well, congratulations and get out doing year. it. Yeah. Thank you. So, and, um, I, I was thinking about it actually the other day and, um, it's like, I sort of look back and I'm like, have I come far or have I not come very far? And it's like some things you really overanalyze and sort of really go, actually, I'm, a, I'm not much further along on that scope. But in, on other things, you're like, wow, I've, I've made such a, such a huge progress, um, which which for me was like, it was quite a nice self-reflective sort of exercise that I did um, the other night, actually. Uh, but yeah, it's um, it, it, it's quite interesting that you say that and i think it's something that for people that are potentially listening and probably sort of with yourself with potential clients as well is like it is a complete lifestyle change and that's like that's okay and it it is hard because you you sort of let's call it a rut essentially if you're doing something for so many years it's going to be very hard to revert that like it because it's just easy right you're putting on the suit. If you've got 15 suits in the wardrobe, it's going to be quite hard to start changing those out for t-shirts. So it's, um, it is a, it is a sort of balance and I guess not a rush to it as well, because a lot of, I guess you talked about the gym earlier. A lot of people go to the gym and panic when they've not seen results in four weeks. It's obviously the same with this as well. It like, it really needs. I'm, to I'm nodding. Sorry. No, they can't hear me, but I'm nodding to all of it. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Well, the, um, the other thing that I sort of, sort of want to, want to touch on is the, the other side of things, right? So you're talking about the passions and, and other things that you enjoy. How did you find those? How did they become passions? How did you go away from the traditional gym, booze, sport? How did you, how did you find those other passions? Look, I, I really still enjoy the gym. And I think for me, the gym does provide an escape um, for, you know, working at home like I'm doing at the moment, as you can see, working in my kitchen. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm an advocate for the gym. I think it, it's, it's a great place if you feel, you know, I, I'm up and down with the gym. I, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm, I'm, I'm a yo-yo. I try and go three or five, four, three or four times a week um i i was a skinny guy at school i you know could never ever put any weight on and um i ate everything under the sun everyone used to tell me oh you know how do you how are you so skinny and i used to be like i, I used to die when they used to say that to me it was the worst thing i hated about myself i wasn't the kid covered in spots i was the skinny kid and i you know i was also <laughs> i was also um closeted and um i i think that had a big 
aspect upon it as well. You know, not being out at the, um, uh, yet um, and still working for a large corporation like I, I, I've just mentioned. Um, so it it was really, really difficult for me being skinny, you know, not closeted and... Uh, I'm, I'm saying for me, it, it, this is like a lot of guys um, I know and I come across and actually I coach, which, you know, gives me great pleasure to coach them. But I think passions, what you say, going back to, I, I, I do enjoy the gym. I, I, I like it. I think that sometimes with me, I do take it a bit too seriously. Like if I haven't been for a few days, like, oh God, I'm going to be losing muscle mass. And then I'm going to be really, really skinny again. And all that hard work is just going to, you know, uh, it's just going to go away. So, um, you know, to the point where I feel like I need to work out when I'm on holiday or I'm taking time off work, I need to find a gym, that sort of stuff. But, um, and I think you, each person gets the right balance with working out. And when I say the gym, I think also this includes, you know, lots of other things like cardio running and rowing and all that other stuff that people do that we don't really take into account when we're saying the gym um lots of my clients yeah lot, lots of my clients um will say to me like oh i went to the gym today but i only did like 20 minutes or 30 minutes and i and i say to everyone that even like you got you got your gym stuff on you you got out of the tracksuit or you got out of your um your formal way, you're working for work, home or in the office, and you actually went, you actually went, and you, you went, you had a different, you know, your, all, all, the, all the stuff that's going on in your head, is, all the chemical balances going on in your head have changed, and you went, even if you didn't do like your full hour workout, then it's, it's still good enough to go, and just, you know, do a run, do a run, or do a row, or whatever you're doing, lift, lighter weight than you did yesterday it's fine to do that you know i'm really an advocate for that kind of positive even if you just went or even if you didn't go today there's still time to go tomorrow so you know um and it's about for me it's really about routine so that that's kind of covers the the, the gym aspect really but other things um I, I really enjoy doing, um, I love a good restaurant. We're sport in London for good restaurants. Um, not like the fancy pants ones, because um, uh, apart from not being able to, <laughs> apart from not being able to afford them in London, I actually like um, knowing a bit about the restaurant, like who's opened it, the, the who's running it, who's the chef, you know, um, what the food, where the food's come from like what's inspiration from the food a bit like if you're going to, to the theater or um, a museum like what that that sort of thing so what, food is a bit i really enjoy food um i really enjoy sport i i love to ski um i was always quite a good um i was always quite lucky in that respect in terms of being able to play sport um and skiing i i really do like uh, skiing it's and the reason being, for those that aren't skiers, or maybe those that are listening, I find it the furthest from being at my desk, being on top of a mountain, going up a ski lift, dressing my ski outfit with my earphones in, and just absolutely hammering it down, being on my own. 
actually. Um, I like I like skiing and the camaraderie with friends and stuff and the outpost ski, love. But also I really like that quiet time where you're just alone on the top of a mountain and it's the furthest away from, from, from a desk. Yeah. Nice. I'm definitely more of an apres skier than an actual skier. <laughs> yeah. Also, also super fun. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's some some great apres to, to be had while skiing. So yeah, super fun. Um, it's uh, it's uh, yeah. I've 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 been fortunate enough to ski, but I've not done it enough to sort of get a full full sense of it. I was more of a uh, kiddie kiddie ramp kind of vibe than uh, top of the mountain uh, but yeah it's um it's an interesting angle to it i really liked how passionate you talked about food you're uh, you're totally right with london if it if it becomes uh, well known it's no longer a good restaurant that's the uh, unfortunately not <laughs> no i i so, yeah. I, <clears throat> I think with food i think because i'm so, i'm we we mentioned prior to actually starting the uh maybe maybe you pressing play that um I, I, food for me is about my family actually it reminds me about family and I have a big family um and I love my family and it just gives me comfort and gives me that warming feeling of my family wherever I am it doesn't matter if I'm in London cooking for myself or cooking for my flatmates which I really enjoy or actually them cooking for me which they're brilliant at as well um but um or, or, or anyone if I'm honest but I think it's just that I have a connection with food because the the women in my family my sisters and um my mum and particularly my nan who are no longer with us with me unfortunately but they were the ones that it all was orchestrated around food all the time you know who bought this who's made that who's making this can you stir this and i loved being involved in that um you know very much whilst my dad and the men were watching football i was in the kitchen with my mum and my nans and my sisters doing the food just because i loved it and i wanted that and i, I, I was just there um so uh it, it, I think that's why maybe you picked on the fact that I speak so passionately about it because I I like enjoying food with people and it I feel like it brings people together. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. Even if it's bad, it's uh, you can all moan about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's a couple of like things that I sort of want to sort of tie up together and sort of sort of ask a question. Um, together so you sort of went through the corporate journey you came into this new world and what was the sort of reaction from from that family that you've just sort of mentioned because uh, i know for me personally when i left my stable job in finance my mum nearly fell off her chair and probably still doesn't understand why i do what i do right but, um, yeah, it was a it was a it was a tough conversation to say the least. Um, so it'd be interesting to see oh, bless you. how. Yeah, well, I mean, she's she like, I will say this like she isn't negative about it. All she wants is the best for me, and she comes from an an era of stable job, career for life, gold watch, 
away you go, type five, which I totally understand where she's coming from. Um, so it's not a negative. It's just that was just the conversation, and it's still it's almost it's almost a bit of a joke between us now. But yeah, it's like um, well, I'm pleased you. <laughs> I'm pleased you've got past that because I know it can be a lot of people. Um, it it's it, it, they feel like they parents feel like they've almost got something. Um, I think, as you said, they're just being protective. They just want what's best for you, and you know. I think we kind of brush that off after the initial maybe awkwardness or argument or whatever it is we had. But actually, um, my parents were, were extremely supportive. Um, I, my dad was a, a, my dad is or was a chartered accountant. He's retired now. Um, so kind of knew the pressure I was under at work. Um, and I think he, recognized that I, there wasn't something quite right in terms of um my you know just my career um and also my well-being um but what i haven't mentioned to you is that um and i don't know whether you i, I mentioned to you before lewis I don't you know but i i am classed as a disabled person so um i have epilepsy um, and diagnosed at 19 when I was at uni. And I think because of the crap that I've been through with all of that, I'm just realized, I'm sorry if I've just sworn and you've got to bleep that out. But um, because of the rubbish that I went through with that, I think, and, the, and every time it kind of reared its ugly head, which I have no control over, very annoyingly, um, but like every other person with uh, chronic illness listening or potentially listening uh, to this, it's, it's, it just takes over your life and you can't, it's so frustrating and you, you do learn to deal with it, but there comes a point where you sometimes just need some time out. And I think I was at work, work was very stressful and I was, I'd learned to live with the epilepsy and I'd got better, with, even though my medication was changing a lot. I was changing consultants a lot, particularly when I was in my 20s. And, you know, a lot was happening in terms of trying to understand, trying to get me on the right medication so I could control these seizures, which I was, which mine are the big ones. Mine are, you know, complete um, passed out ones. Um, they're called grand mal seizures. Um, but I think they knew that I wasn't exactly on the right pathway in terms of my um, uh, career. And, and I knew also, when I explained it to them, I, I couldn't do this for the rest of my life. And that I was passionate about something else. I was passionate about, um, you know, mental health, well-being, and particularly men's mental health. And I think having epilepsy and now being you know trying to get trying to get into helping others with epilepsy and trying helping helping others who are um uh classes disabled people um and there are a lot of which you don't know about because when you look at me you might not think i'm a disabled person but yes i am classy disabled person got the badge and everything um so um it's yeah so it's it's and, and I didn't tell anyone at work. I, I was just, I didn't want anyone to know. Oh my God, if, if someone knows, then, you know. But equally, 
higher up, some people had to know because there was a few times that I wasn't in work and I'd gone to hospital, etc. But um, it, it, I, I'm now, I, as you grow older, I think you you really understand what's important to you in your life. Um, so yeah, that that that's kind of what's come through, particularly in the last years coming up to you know my early 30s mid 30s that's what's really important to me yeah i think um i'm so i'm in my early 30s now as well yeah that was a big change it was like um i I actually i actually said this the other week and it made me um kind of a bit didn't know i said i said i actually feel like a man now i mean um it's only taken 32 years. Usually it's the, the sort of like the legal standpoint's 18, but it's taken me a lot longer to get to what I feel as a, I feel like a man and I feel like I, I guess, have a bit of a voice and something that I've, I have passions and I, I have things that I understand and I have things that I want to tell people and that I, I want to put my stake in the ground now. And I, that's me as a, as a man. And like, it's, yeah, it's, uh, but I think I think that quiet. you you've explained that really really well. I think your values, your beliefs, your what you want to tell the world, what you stand for, you know, um and I I, re- I you've really explained it well there in terms of, you know, your question which you I know which you like to ask guests about um about what what they you know, who you are as a man or what that man definition means to you. Uh and and I think like me it took me a long time I didn't come out until I was 29 um I had a fake girlfriend at work um I yeah all all the all the things um I, I I I didn't really know who I was I and I think that's because you I wasn't believing in myself or letting my true self come out and that's and through the mindful gen and meeting guys um, and girls, if I'm honest, who I coach, because I don't want to discredit any ladies, but um, I'm trying to concentrate on guys because I feel like there's a lot of stigma still surrounding uh, mental health. And I know you, men's mental health, and I know you think the same. Um, So it's really important for, for me in the industry, working as a coach who supports men to, you know, speak out and speak about my past and make sure that others are aware that, you know, if you can't help or if James can't help me, I can, I know Lewis that can help, might be able to help you or point you in the right direction or some other coaches that I know, or, you know, have you thought about doing this? Have you thought about a retreat? You know, all this sort of stuff, because there is a lot out there. However, a lot of guys, still don't action it. You know, there is a lot of stuff there, but guys that I know and that I worked with in the corporate world are still very much, oh no, I wouldn't do that. Oh no, that's not for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's quite strange because ever since, um, let's say, Let's just throw him out there because he's just the easiest person to throw out there. Ever since Andrew Tate sort of grew in popularity, what I've actually noticed sort of over the last two, three years 
is that far side of the man uh, stereotype is now doing more sort of wellness activities, like they're going on retreats, they're chopping wood, they're starting fires, they're going camping. Yeah. And then you've got the, the, the other side of that spectrum, which is someone that probably always had that conversation about it, whether internally or with a coach about how they were feeling, how they progress, what that looks like. And it is almost in that sort of middle ground, that sort of corporate, almost white collar, sort of going into blue collar, to use some American terms, I guess, that are are sort of still uh, fighting this battle of like, I don't want to have these conversations. Whereas we have almost the polar opposites are the people that are having these conversations. Yeah. And I think it's great. One, this is, that kind of man is like your granddad who would, uh, probably say three words to your nana, and that would be his conversation um, for the for the week with her. Is 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 now having conversations with other men. So what that looks like in the future is probably going to be great. And it's just now trying to, as you said, there's going to be different people that people resonate with, and it's just finding that person and just finding that person to listen to. And it might not be one person; it might be two, three, four people that you sort of take little snippets from, and that creates your idea of mindfulness, your idea of yes. self-development. And I, and I think that's my, for all of my clients and for all of the people that ask me, how can you help me? Or do you know, you know, um, uh, that actually the, first, the hardest thing is coming, the first step is coming forward. You, you've actually asked for help, right? And a lot of guys find they just can't ask for help. Right? It's just too much. Um, and I and I totally understand that. I've been there. It, I've been at my desk and been like not doing any work and been like shit. I can't get through this. It's awful. You know, it, it's got really bad. But I think now with the avenues and the amount of support, you, me, the guys in the industry coming through, recognizing that, you know we've got a valid story to tell others and if you can tell it and it is really difficult sometimes to tell your own story like today i was really nervous coming on here i've never done a podcast before but actually i've really enjoyed it because if i can help one other person and by doing this actually come out of their shell or their rut that they've been in and reach out to you to me to anyone else that's been on your amazing podcast and get them to help them in any way possible to move forward, we would have done our jobs, surely. It's not about yeah. how many clients, it's not, I don't care how many clients I've got or how, or how many, you know, how much money I'm making or obviously I've got to pay my mortgage and that sort of stuff. But I changed career because I wanted to actually make some sort of difference. And the reason why I do the mindfulness activities is because I can see the guys who are because of, you know, whatever reason, relationship, COVID, work, they come into my space and I try and create a really safe space. And you see it over, you know, a period of time, but they do come out of the shell. They do, you can see them opening up. Um, It doesn't have to be me. It can be someone they're just having a chat with, someone they've just met. Um, but I think it's just 
so nice to provide that avenue. Women have a lot of this. And I don't, I'm not saying all women, please don't come at me with, um, uh, <laughs> I'm slightly worried about um, how, I, how I phrase it, but I'm just saying women have had these um, groups and, you know, networks for a long time and men haven't. You only had two avenues and we've spoken about them. Basically the pub, where you watch football and you drink beer or you go to the gym. Now, I was never that bothered about the pub. I'm, I'm not a football um, fan. Um, not really. Um, and I'm, I'm not because of my epilepsy. I can't drink loads and loads. So that kind of rules out the pub. And then if you're the guy that, at the gym and you feel like you're you feel like you've got to lift the most weight to the gym to impress everyone. Where does that leave you? You know, like it, yeah. I think that's what I'm trying to provide. I'm trying to bridge the gap. I'm just saying to guys, look, there is a lot of other things you can do. Of course, joining riding club, joining rowing club, joining all the other stuff. Not, I'm just not pointing it at, at the mindful gent. That's what I'm creating, but I'm just saying there are other avenues. If you just think about it, what do you truly value what do you truly want what do you truly enjoy and that's what's gonna that 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 might just make the difference in your happiness yeah i think what you said there is in a roundabout way which i really champion and i think people should do is just because you're older or um you have other responsibilities and things like this this we lose this excitement to try new things and test new things and see what might what might click and what might be fun to do like there are an infinite ways of keeping fit i mean we now have actual buildings with plastic mountains in them that you can go and climb on if you feel that way inclined like there are plenty of yeah. uh, things that you can try and like um I've never, like, I've used that as an example. Something I've never done, but why Why haven't I tried it? At least gone for sort of one session or gone for a run or a walk or fishing, but just an infinite amount of things that you can try and go and find other people to talk to. I think one one thing that you said as well, which is like they, the people in these group sessions end up talking to themselves and there's a, a charity in Australia that's also been mirrored here in the UK and it's basically men with shed and it's like I know about men with shed it's a lot yeah yeah and then you go and you go and fix something or do some plotting potting plants yeah I, I always I've always thought that like you don't actually have to have the conversation directly about mindfulness but if you're doing something that's mindful for yourself you get that byproduct anyway um, so yeah, I like, I love things like that. Things yeah, like that. no, um, I, actually I, I hadn't heard of, of that, but a really good friend of mine, shout out to Dan Chapman Harris. He, um, he sent, uh, he sent me it and he, uh, oh, actually I can't, I don't actually remember if it was Dan or Rich, his partner, so shout out and love them both. But, um, one of them sent me it and I looked at it and you can, you can, it's so fascinating that you can take this, this what they've done in in Australia, and as you said, they've brought it over here. And you can you can kind of build you, you can have a one of those um, you can have sh a shed 
in your own space and invite other men, like-minded guys, to work on craft or work on, you know, woodwork or work on whatever it is. And just to be there, you know, amongst guys doing what you both enjoy. And I recently went to um, a gay board game uh, meeting, which um, they do at a pub in Elephant and Castle. Super fun. And um, I'm sure, I, I don't know if you've been watching The Traitors recently or BBC, but um, they do something similar called Werewolves. And I was really nervous about it. I yeah. wasn't sure about, I wasn't sure about going and like, oh God, what's it, what's it going to be like? I don't really know how to play and oh, what, how am I going to feel? And I'm always a bit awkward when I don't know anyone there and etc. Anyway, I went, I got down to, I think I was at seven out of 30. And I was buzzing. I absolutely <laughs> loved it, honestly. <laughs> I was buzzing. I had a shit card and I, I played terribly, but I got down to seven out of 30 and everyone was so nice, so friendly. Um, and just really felt so much better after going. And I think that's the thing. If you can, you might not be able to go the first, the second, or even the tenth time you've thought about it. But even if you get your foot in the door, and then, you know, I'm, I'm sure you'll be away because you might find, you might connect to someone, and as you say, you might connect to someone or, or, the, or the actual, the, the activity, but it, it's just getting there and doing it, which I think can, can really have an effect and change on your mental well-being. You can look for, you, you might, this thing might be once a week or once a fortnight, but you'll be looking forward to it. And, and that's what's really nice. No, definitely. And I think I'm going to ask you a question in a second, which you, um, I, I've sort of been told before. So I actually went, well, I went to Madrid last, last year, back end of last year for um, a business accelerator. I was invited out there. So I met um, people from all over the world. It was amazing. Um, and there was a number of uh, gay men on the, on the course. And I got talking to them about what I was trying to do and what I was trying to build. And one of them said to me that he has a lot of male friends and he, and that are straight and they're the, yeah. they come to him for support and those sort of conversations because he says, he thinks straight men, once they reach a certain age, find it so hard to make new friends. Whereas, um, for gay men, he said it for him personally, anyway, he, a, a self-proclaimed introvert as well. Um, he said that it was quite easy for him to make make new friends, and he thinks that's probably something that's sort of missing in the in the straight world, shall we say, as well. I think it's really it's a really interesting um, question and topic you bring up. When we were at school, and you know, being gay or being associated with anything gay was the worst thing that you could ever think about. Wasn't it? Literally, what? If you were yeah. gay in any way, or that thing you had was gay, or whatever, blah, 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 you know, yeah. awful, horrific. Now, when you're slightly older, and I feel like um, I, my, both of my, um, I, I have two really good friends that are straight. They've got um, lovely wives, and one has got, just had their third child. I think, or they tell me, um, that they open up to me more than they do anyone else. And I think it's because they feel more comfortable because I'm not going to judge them. 
because I'm not, because as a gay man and because I know that my community is much more open, I feel like it's more open than the straight world, that they can tell me whatever it is that's going on or, or they're having an issue with, that they wouldn't tell their straight mate at the pub watching, whilst watching football or their straight mate at the gym whilst, you know, uh, you know, trying to help them with the weight. It's not something they would discuss. So when I meet my really good mate of mine in Clapham Common and we get coffee and, you know, whatever, we're chatting, I, 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 I now, I, I know that he will just open up to me or vice versa, actually, because there's no real judgment from, from him. And I know that, again, that community provides a safe space for straight men. I know it does. Um, and actually he, um, a good friend of mine was here, uh, when I did the launch for the Mindful Gen and it was him and a lot of gay guys. Um, and he, I think he just mentioned to me that, you know, he felt the happiest he did in a while because everything that was going on with his life, he just wasn't thinking about what he was here being surrounded by us because we were just, you know, so friendly and so open and, you know, it was taking his mind off of it. And I think it provides escapism for straight men speaking to a gay man. And that, and our world is a bit, you know, it's interesting and crazy and, you know, um, insightful to you guys. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, of course. But I think we provide a level of comfort. Um, so, and I, and I think we provide a world where actually it's okay to let your guard down and okay to speak about what you're really feeling. Yeah, it's interesting. I, um, I don't know, don't know the answer, but yeah, you do, I think. I mean, I'm, I'm quite open anyway. I'll speak to anyone who will listen. Um, <laughs> so it doesn't, uh, doesn't really bother me. And I am in a bit in a fortunate position that ever since I started doing this, a lot of my friends are now having conversations with me. It's almost like as soon as I said, oh, I'll talk about it, they're happy to talk. That's, so, that's so lovely. So, that's really lovely. And how does that make you feel? Yeah, it's great. I mean, we I think you mentioned it before, like if one person reaches out to you, we've done our job. I remember recording the first episode of this. I had no vision of turning it into a business. I was literally... It was my therapy. I didn't want to go down the traditional route. And I said, you know what, I'm going to do a podcast, I'm going to speak to men, and that is going to be cathartic for me. And I did the first one and I put it up. And within an hour of it being up, I got a message from a guy that I went to school with that I hadn't spoken to in 17 years saying, this is the best thing ever. I'm so happy that you've done this. That's amazing. And then literally a a long paragraph of what was what was going on with them and uh we actually ended up doing an episode uh, together further down the line which was amazing so yeah for me it's 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 great and i i thoroughly enjoy it i uh i think me uh, straight men need to come out of the mindfulness closet because once we've uh once we're out it's it's great and you can actually start to have those conversations anyway so, uh, so again everyone's yeah. different so everyone's gonna everyone's gonna Everyone's going to, um, well, everyone, all men are different. But I think what's important is that we do have something in common that, you know, when we're together and away from 
um, and you're doing something that is mindful, as you as you just mentioned, and you're with other men, there is some, it doesn't matter of your sexuality or what you identify as, there is, it's like for women, there is something that brings you together. It's not, it's, you, you can't describe it, you can't explain it, um, and you'll connect with, you know, you might connect with more, with someone more than others, but it, there is something about being in a group um, of guys. Um, and you and and particularly guys that have played sport, because um, I really miss playing um, competitive sport, and it's something that it's a goal of mine to get back into. And the camaraderie—I can't even say the word. But you know what? I'm, when when you're playing sport and you're you're together, I just I. I I think it's great. I think it's really, it, it, it is, it is really nice and very much so like mindfulness activity. When you're together with guys you either know or don't know, there is something magical about that. And that's really what I'm an advocate for and what I'm trying to, um, trying to, you know, create as part of my business. Yeah. Amazing. It, it is. I, I agree. I think just get, I, I did a, I did a talk, had like 14 men in a room and it started off really great and if i was to do it again i would change it around we all sat around in a in a circle at the at the end and it felt more like um man anonymous rather than uh, what it started out as but initially everyone was talking and it was a really good buzz but when we sat down and had a bit more of an in-depth conversation it became a little bit more uh, man anonymous shall we say <laughs> it was it was still very and i i enjoyed the idea of of getting people together and getting people in the room. And I think I think it does work. It's just getting people in the rooms that is the tricky bit at the moment. But I'm sure it's getting people in the rooms. I think I, I think also it's because it's the fear of the unknown, isn't it, right? So, you know, it, and you all, when you're first there, you first get in, you're like, oh, I don't know these guys. Like, oh, you know, it, some people find it so overwhelming and they and this is the reason why they can't do it and that's what i'm trying to say like and and try when i coach um guys who lit who are so scared that they can't go to an event like this, an event like your um like your example or even one of my mindfulness events that it's just all about a process you don't have to think about it right this second or you know you can you can there are there are ways of doing it that you'll get there eventually and I I think it's really important that you think positively and 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 read feedback about where you're going and and imagine yourself being there and imagine yourself having a great time and meeting people and benefiting benefiting it for you for no one else you're doing this for yourself um and i think a lot of guys that are nervous or they're anxious or their you know their anxiety plays a big part in this i have a i know a lot of clients actually even friends with deal with high levels of anxiety you know in terms of where they sit, where they stand, how they hold their drink. Like there's honestly, there is a, 
a world out there you might not even recognize if you don't suffer with anxiety but it's really really difficult and, and hard to deal with so i understand i do um and you know if there's any way that i can help of course i will yeah it is it is tricky i have i have friends who are like i would love to play football again but they just don't even know how to go they were just yeah. like they know the second they get there they would absolutely love it yeah but they're like i don't even I don't know how I'd even get that. Yeah, it, it's hard because you you yeah. know with with something like football or as we're talking about grief events, you know you're going to enjoy it when you get there. But it's almost like the the effort in organising is one part of it. That's a huge part of it. Yeah. But also the kind of and the willingness to go is another part of it. But also the this anxiety level tops it. So when you deal with those three things, you really break them down and you say, right, okay, you write them down, you do it, if you do a mind map or however your brain works, and we'll figure that out in a session, but you really figure it out. What is weighing you not doing this in terms of the benefits of doing this for you? And eventually you get, eventually you'll get to, you know, where you want to be. Um, it might take time, but you know that that's okay. It can take time. There's no rush. Well, we we both sort of said that right at the beginning, right? You said it, it eighteen months and, and sort of two years, and yeah. even now it's still a little bit of oh, it's oh yeah, oh very much. Don't I think that's really important as well for us to say, having been through it and got out the other side, you still have to deal with your all with the stuff that you're going on every day. People that, for example, get over their huge bouts of anxiety or depression, it doesn't just go away. They, ha they, they then have to learn to deal with it every day. And it's about practicing, it's about meditation, it's about mindfulness, it's about all the things that you know that work. And it's different for every, everyone and each individual person. Um, and what I dislike about wellness and well-being at the moment is, in particular, is that there's so many things I think that um, are on social media for you to get over this batch of anxiety or depression or whatever you're suffering with. That's just an example, not limited to that. People find it really overwhelming and they're like, you know what? I'm just going to leave it. I'm just going to leave it how it is because it's all too expensive or it, I don't understand. I've listened to five different things and I'm now confused and I don't blame them. Um, but yeah. there are avenues and you know, the, the, what I, what I really, and, and if someone is who's listening feels like that and is overwhelmed, the first thing to do, I think is to go to, your partner or to go to your closest friend and to and to you know have a chat with them and explain to them how you're feeling um they will you know if they're close to you and you're close to them then they i'm sure they will do the best they can to help you get on your journey of making you feel better and getting well so you know if there's anyone listening and they're not sure because i know you know coaches and counsellors and psychologists and podcasts and um, signing up to things and uh, all this stuff. It's expensive and it's 
you know, um, but that's the first thing that you can do. Speak to someone else. Yeah. Awesome. Tough question now, James. I think it's time for a toughie. So we're, we're talking about what, what works and what, uh, what works for men. What do yeah. you think is missing? What do you think is missing in the in the men's space right now? More James, right? <laughs> oh God, no. I mean, um, so I think men collaborating with men more. So, for example, today you reached out to me. And, you know, you very kindly said, and you gave me the opportunity today. I think that's what the world needs. More people giving other people, people in high places or people in places that can offer people opportunity, giving people more opportunity, particularly men in the wellness, well-being, fitness industry. Um, giving someone your time for free, giving a boost, giving your experience, giving your knowledge, not telling them what to do, but just saying, here's what I did, or how can I help you? That sort of thing. I think that is what's missing. Um, and I am more than happy if someone comes to me and says, you know, and it's happened a few times, you know, James, I can't afford the what you're offering what you're asking for in terms of coaching so i say to them okay you you appreciate that um you know i'm a business and i've got to pay my rent and <laughs> buy my groceries like you so you know let's come to an agreement what can you afford what you know what what can what can we do to get you from where you are now to where you want to be so that's what i try and do if it's not the full thing, I try and do bits or parts of because I want to help this person. They come to you for advice, then try and give them something of yours. I think that's what I would say to the question. Other men collaborating with each other to boost um, each other up and help each other out. Um, starting your own business, as, I, as I've just done, is very hard. I was going to swear then, but I didn't. It's very difficult. It can be, you know, very lonely and you're on your own a lot dealing with things that you've never dealt before. It's hard. Reach out to someone, see if they want help, um, connect with them, um, say hi. And honestly, you'll get it back tenfold if you do that. It's amazing. There we go. That's the answer to the tough question. I think I, I agree on a number a number of points there. I think one thing that I've always said is this problem is huge. It will not be solved by one man and one man alone. It needs a number of men working on it together. So I completely agree Absolutely. with uh, the collaboration. Um, and the, yeah, it just there's like you're almost deluded if you think you're the going to be the sole solution to uh, the problem. So Eli, removing, removing of ego and yeah, just having open conversations and collaborating with people. I completely agree with. 
Um, you touched on it a little bit. I decided to move it to the end because it was throwing people off at the beginning, but you, you, I think you came prepared. Um, so James, <laughs> in, your, in, your, in, your, in your own words, uh, what makes you a man? Uh, yeah, so I thought about this, so, and 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 I think um, the one I've, I've listened to, well, I've listened to most of the the episodes before, and I think you either sprung it on them, they didn't, they were. It's quite a challenging question to answer. So, in my very uneloquent style, and um, person that struggles with getting their words out, so excuse me in that. But um, I think it's about being on a just being yourself, um, not worrying about what the stereotypical set of traits of masculinity and years and years and history as what is defined as being male or a man. Um, but try and I, I think it's about for me, it's about a broad range of qualities, you know, being empathetic, being vulnerable, um, having compassion for other people and doing things with integrity um, and making other people feel seen and hurt. Because if you when I've lived my life by that, you feel like you're making a difference to that person, but also growing yourself. I'm not, remember, I'm, I'm the, the offering advice and, and, and coaching, two different things, of course, but I really enjoy the coaching side of it. I can see someone really coming out of their shell, working with them, from getting where they were to getting where they are now is amazing. And being part of that journey for someone is just incredible. I love it. That's why I love being a coach. Um, but what makes someone a man or me a man, I think, is their own personal values, beliefs, their experiences, um, and being their true authentic self. Awesome. I still love that question because even if you're prepared, you it's a still, great question. I know and it really throws you, it. <laughs> really throws you off. I think the question that I had prepared, <laughs> the answer, sorry, the answer that I had prepared, I did not say, but I want, I, I, it's a great question. Um, and, um, yeah, I, 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 again, I think it's all about your own values and beliefs. Um, but yeah, it, thank you very much for asking me. Thank you so much for having me today. I've, I've really enjoyed it. It's a bit like a therapy session. Yeah, it's, well, that's what I mean, right? It's cathartic. I've loved it. Um, honestly, James, thank you so much for your time today. Genuinely appreciate it. No, thank you so much, Les. Uh, it's been great. If people want to find you, where's the best place to go and find you? Um, yes, so um, they can visit um, www.themindfulgent.com. Uh, all of my information is on there um, and uh, Instagram also the mindful gent uh, on Instagram and my LinkedIn is James Bryant. Uh, I don't know whether you guys can have 
um, stuff uh, on the podcast, but that'd be great if you can. But the mindful gen, it is. Amazing. Once again, thank you so much, James, um, and we'll speak soon. Thank you so much.